I am basically not prepared. (laughs) (laughs) We like, we pushed this call back so many times for me to get prepared and for me to actually know what I'm going to talk about and be coherent in this conversation about one of the greatest, if not the greatest shows on TV right now. And I am woefully unprepared and this will be a, a butchering you can't use that word right i will basically butcher something that really deserves my best a game and we're not going to give it to it so i apologize to jason sudeikis personally for this and i'm sure he'll be listening to this so of course all of hollywood is listening to this yes exactly so yeah ted lasso season two let's do it Oh God. Okay, so I'm very like I my my mo my mood I guess is muted right now, but I don't want that to you know overshadow the fact of how much I love this show. Period. Over the second over the course of the second season, there has been a lot of feedback and negative press about the television show. People getting high up on their horse about certain character arcs. People getting fed up with i guess the message of the show or misunderstanding the direction of the show that show that is taking and it has not captured the critical acclaim that it has in the first season um the first season though reflective of the fact that it was just sort of such a high bar to reach it's almost almost an unattainable level to reach of ted lasso But one of the interesting things about this show is that the way that it was consumed largely the first season was entirely different than the second season. And we have to sort of adjust our expectations because of that. Going from a binge perspective, and let's, let's, you know, let's not be wrong here. Most people binge this show. I don't even know if the show came out week to week when it was first running. But the second episode, the second season as it was hitting, as the first season was hitting its height of popularity, the second season came out. And in the way that it was released week to week, it was an entirely different viewing experience. And the pressures of a week to week is not, you know, less valuable or less critical than watching something that is binging, but it is clearly different to be able to experience an entire character's journey arc than to have to wait a week and have questions about what things are going on so i'm going to preface my statements about the detractors of season two the internet detractors of season two largely by saying a wholehearted fuck you (laughs) you guys suck (laughs) basically it is there are clearly differences between the first and the second season and even i would argue that the second season wasn't as good as the first one in points but the second season did what a lot of shows don't do and that is take swings and make big big bold choices for a television show and they succeeded in a lot of them and some of them maybe didn't work out as well or to your to your liking but that is not an excuse for you to just hammer a show that's not exactly as your expectations because shows the best shows aren't made for your narrow expectations they are made for the in the vision of a specific 
creator. And I respect the creators of this show so much that they are able to create a singular vision and a voice that is just so... I mean, we'll get into a lot of this television show or this season as we go through this these episodes, uh, uh, this episode of The Weekly Hook. But honestly, it is, I mean, it, all the things that when I think about or when I listen back to what we talked about with Ted Lasso season one, all of the things that we said about season one are still essentially true on the macro perspective. Characters have taken crazy journeys since then some of them crazier than others and that is all exciting within the similar frame or similar lens of the mission and the goal that this show is trying to create and it is clear that since the inception of the show since jason sudeikis went to bill lawrence's office and was like this is my idea for a television show they had a clear vision for what they wanted they wanted a three season arc with these story beats I don't obviously know the end of the story beats. Not many people do in this world, but you can see the direction that the show is headed from the very beginning. And I am very excited to see where they go. And I'm happy that they stuck to their guns. And it's, it's a, it's a confluence of creativity and boldness that is too often lacking in Hollywood or television making in general. It is akin to what you find in the best of cinema not in the typical sitcoms that you find on your television screen. That is my starting rant over. And from here on out, I will have to say that spoilers will be coming. And if you haven't watched the second season of Ted Lasso, A, what are you doing with yourself? And why? A, why are you listening to this? B, what are you doing with your life? Stop everything, drop everything right now and watch Ted Lasso. If you haven't watched even the first season of Ted Lasso, I mean... You're in for a ride. You're in for a ride, but like, actually, no. I would say I can't help you, but I can help you. Go watch Ted Lasso. (laughs) So with that spoiler warning, I guess we can begin to talk about some of the aspects of this season. And so, Chris, I'd like to break down how we talk about the show by some of the specific characters. Sure. And if that's okay. It's your episode, so go ahead. Thank you. But before we begin that, I want to talk about the production schedule of this season of television and why we have some of the things that we have in this show. And it's actually important for us to realize how it was created. Right. So there are two episodes in this season that don't follow the larger plot of the, of the season of as as a whole. (laughs) And those are a lot of the episode, the two of the episodes that got most of the critical flack, I would say. And that is, Oh man, one second. Episode four and episode nine. Thank you so much. I I'm prepared. <laughs> Thank you so <laughs> At much. At least I am prepared. <laughs> Thank you. One of us is. So episodes four and episode nine. So episode four being essentially a Christmas special and episode nine titled Beard After Hours. Oh, basically not one to one, but a clear homage to Martin Scorsese's film After Hours in which Martin Scorsese runs around from hijinks to hijinks at late at night in the city and it is basically that connection there so these two episodes were conceived of late very very late on in the production process it's it was initially pitched as a 10 episode season by apple but late on later on in the television show as a uh, in the production process 
Apple came to the, them and were like, oh, let's do 12 episodes because of the success of the first season. Therefore, they added these two episodes in late, extremely late in the process. And a lot of people thought potentially that this season was meant to be released in winter, hence the Christmas special. But in reality, it was actually created to be released in August and having a Christmas special in August was a, uh, was a poignant focus, I guess, of that episode to sort of create or spread that Christmas spirit throughout like the dead of summer, I guess, or throughout the entire year, something that we do often do not do. So, and also like, I guess like play with expectations, right? Because I feel like that is kind of a cool thing to do to just, to just do it like yeah. that way you know i mean a lot of like the criticism that i have read about this and i'm not going to name names but have focused around that that sh- that episode felt out of place and i mean sure it's it's scorching outside and you're watching a christmas special but you take that same christmas special release it in december and it's like a huge hit honestly exactly. it's that's just a matter of expectations and that's the type of criticism to of the show that I'm not really on board with. I mean, it's not a perfect episode. It's not a perfect season of television, honestly. Like nothing is a perfect or almost nothing is a perfect season of television. But there are if something just doesn't meet your expectations and you're pissed about that, come on, get over yourself. You're not the most important thing in the world. Wow. <laughs> wow. If I were a Sith, I would have a very easy time to tempt you to the dark side right now. Yeah, I mean, who says I'm not already there? <laughs> Touche. Yeah, right. And the second, I mean, we'll talk about episode nine a little bit later, I believe. And as we talk about some of the characters' individual arcs, because that's literally one character's arc for the for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are obviously mixed reviews of that. I found that one really gripping. I liked that episode. Um, and... But for that episode, some of the critiques I find a little bit more understandable and more about the filmmaking itself and the the pacing of that specific episode. And those are things that, you know, you're fine to criticize. But Sorry, and I think it just depends on whether you can embrace the wackiness of that episode or not. And I, at the first few minutes, I was a little bit struggling with that because I had ex- like expected something else, but... I very quickly came to accept it and just enjoy the ride. Exactly. And once you realize what it's doing as an homage, it also allows yeah. like another layer of understanding to that episode too. So, okay. So that was a lot of things. Let's talk about some of these characters, if that's okay. And I'm hesitating between talking about two specific characters to start. So I'll give you a choice. Would you like to start with the titular Ted Lasso or probably the craziest character arc of the season of Nate? Or do you want to start with Keely? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> fine. We can start with anyone. <laughs> no, I think we should start with Nate. Okay. Yeah. Nick Muhammad, first of all. I love you, Nick Muhammad. Keep doing you. Like, yeah. It's I okay. So I'm gonna like I'm actually gonna throw it to you to see your initial reactions. Um mm. I really love the the choice that they made and this cho- uh, this transition over time to this ep- to this season. But I want to hear from you because the listener has heard my voice rambling on for the last 10 minutes yeah so overall i really liked his arc i really i and i'm especially proud because i called 
two episodes ahead i called where it would end up in this season anyway that was that i like that <laughs> just from a very like egocentric point of view but um i think the the arc itself is great especially because there are so many indications of it throughout and like little things that just cut away i think it's kind of, the only thing that i didn't like was that a lot of it kind of happened off screen or rather also what happened on screen wasn't always on point exactly for my taste so that kind of detracted from it for my like for my personal opinion um but i think just overall it's a great arc and yeah i really understand where nate is coming from you know you obviously have that culmination point at the very last episode with his uh speech or rant to to ted um and you can see all these little things you're probably going to get into it like people you know he is not treated as an equal or is made fun of still and i can like that totally like eats away at someone like nate and so i really understand his journey and i really liked a lot of the subtleties like he doesn't yeah as i said he doesn't get taken seriously all the time like from ted from anyone and he kind of reacts kind of aggressively to that kind of over overreacting as a defense mechanism but I also like all the subtle things like visually like his hair is increasingly graying and things like that he it's a lot about his his like style like the clothes obviously play a huge role in it and I really like those things as well so yeah overall overall it was I, I really liked it but I, I it falls short a little bit in my opinion are you quitting the show now? Have I said something that infuriates you? No, no, no. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, like that—that's okay. I think that it sort of, sort of comes out of nowhere at some points, but yeah. that's kind of how microaggressions culminate. And exactly. there are so many microaggressions oh towards Nate, yeah. laughing at him, um, obviously belittling him, not kind of taking him seriously. And all these things sort of to the untrained or to the person who is the, the I don't want to say bullier, but the, the expressor of these microaggressions, it does seem to come out of nowhere. But when you look more closely for the person who is actually going through that, it is incredible. And I think that, you know, every sitcom has a character not only sitcoms lots of movies and television shows have a character that's okay to make fun of it's okay they're the butt of the joke that's normal but this show has the boldness to say okay no the person who's made fun of actually has stakes in their own life and wants to take agency and feels belittled and is i think it's also not only obviously about reacting negatively to series of microaggressions and the consequences of those microaggressions. But I think it's a lot about an extension of Nate's relationship with his father. Oh, yeah, so much. Ted Lasso is a stand-in for Nate's father. And everything that Ted, Nate says to Ted, or mostly everything that Nate says to Ted in that final rant, is 
what he would say to his father, who is withholding, who is abandoning, and never gets a sense of satisfaction from him. And him working so hard to get his attention is the same thing he does to, towards his father, and he doesn't get that from his own father. So there is these interplays that, although we don't see a lot of the things with that happen within the context of AFC Richmond, we see it in the way that his he interacts with his own family. And that development and happening it's not off screen but it's out of context out of our normal context that we understand nate and seeing that within his family and coming fully around to transform him probably instigated by whatever the fuck rupert said to him in the in the at the funeral at the funeral and then again i guess whatever at the the final scene it is so, so, so good. And then like when you look at other things, like little details that I'm not going to take credit for this. This is actually Nick Muhammad himself posted a bunch of different um, specific things about Nate's character arc that people didn't necessarily catch or oh, didn't nice. um, really realize. But so the episode at the end of season two in episode 12, sorry, the scene between Ted and Nate is literally the only scene solely between those two characters since the middle of season one. Oh wow since um actually since when ted apologized for yelling at nate right before the uh the pregame speech by nate mm-hmm. so all this time ted and nate aren't on screen together it's actively showing rather than telling how nate feels abandoned by ted and this guilt that he holds within himself so that's one thing that i think is phenomenal and also one thing that i didn't notice and i only noticed upon rewatch is actually the first and this last shot of the season are the same shot mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so the first shot is of nate's eyes looking into the screen and the last shot is of nate's eyes also looking into the screen it's i mean a, a, not a subtle thing that this entire season was all about nate's development as a villain or as a, an antagonist to ted and afc richmond and it's uh, so good i just love this i like it's also heartbreaking because you see ted's perspective as well in the last in that that culminating speech between uh, nate and ted is so um powerful and also like devastating especially when he says about his own picture like the picture that nate give to ted and it's not in the office but you know from a couple episodes back it's in ted's house next to a picture of his son and you're just like oh my god that's so sad like it's obviously ted's at fault here by not expressing these things but it is a confluence or not a confluence but like a a culmination of nate's deepest 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 insecurities that connect directly to the way he relates to his own father and family and how he interacts with every single person and then feeling instantly abandoned and that crater coming out from underneath him is you have a fight or flight instinct and his instinct was to fight against this and to really try to step up and, you know, basically curse out Ted. I do think it's a little bit extreme that West Ham would hire him as their (laughs) um, like manager. I would be more like, I would be less surprised if it was something like um, he would be their assistant manager or something like that, or like in a similar role. But you know, but is that made explicit though? Is he head manager? You don't I, know that. I don't know, but that was my that was the way I read it. Yeah, least. me too. But it, there there could be some leeway there. Um, yeah, 
but yeah i think one one of the biggest moments was this, like where i guess you could fault ted is when he has roy join the coaching staff and he doesn't yeah. even talk to to nate about it it's like because i mean he knows that that nate uh, feels insecure about things and it's like he, he could have just told him you know just so you know this is not like uh like a competition sort of thing we're all in this together we're a team um which he does so well with his actual like players but not, not he just expects his like coaching staff to like sort it out for themselves and it's kind of a shortcoming yeah an interesting um dialogue note between coach beard and ted lasso that gave me a lot of insight into that is when beard's like you should nudge tate and ted lasso is just like nah nate will be fine like his faith in nate to sort things out for himself or just like ah you really misread that it's great usually but in this particular case it goes horribly wrong and that's why i think this is a very realistic depiction of this sort of thing happening yeah it's so good it's so fucking good i mean there are moments um through when it's happening that you're like okay this is a little bit too much like when nate's like eye rolling or nate's like yeah you know pouting a little bit i like more of the moment or like when he's like being like a little bit too much of a dick they're really laying it on thick i think more of the moments that i found more fascinating is when nate is asking do you guys ever wish you were the boss or Mm -hmm. when nate is like um confronting roy about kissing keely and he's like but you should want to punch me like what yeah That, that that's one of these things right that's just so devastating yeah like from nate's perspective and then like the first time that i really realized okay this is like this is super bad behavior is that was way earlier in this season when um they were saying about like something about someone's ability and being like at the top and nate says something about like yeah he wants to be on uh, on on the top level as well and i like ted laughs like openly laughs at the idea that nate could be one of the great or nate could be a big dog i think yeah i think something like that and like that that was like whoa what that's so mean yeah uh and yeah i'm i'm obviously like not obviously i'm honestly really happy that this has consequences because you're right there's usually this trope of the get out of jail free card of there's this one character that's just like the butt of any joke and it's fine like you don't have to worry about this having like consequences or feeling bad about it because everybody does this and it's fine and it hasn't doesn't have any consequences but that's not how that works in real life yeah so good and yeah so such a great choice and it makes for such an exciting idea for a third season where you have this Mm -hmm. antagonist who knows so well because that was the biggest problem for me in this season there was no real antagonist or like Mm. there was no obstacle for them to reach and even the one you know goal that they had of of promotion was you know just really on the sideline this this season was really about character development and character study after character study after character study yeah and making making the audience care more about these characters giving them more depth so you really 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 care about what happens in season three and you can pay all of that off exactly which is great um and i'm excited to see where they go yeah and nate Mm -hmm. is definitely like the epitome of their boldness right yeah um and i think it works so 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 well personally 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that as well. Like, again, it was a little bit on the nose and also lacking sometimes, but overall, I'm a big fan. Yeah. I wouldn't say lacking. I would say too strong sometimes. <laughs> like, Yeah, sometimes that, like, too strong and sometimes out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, that, that's like one of these things. But <clears throat> yeah, generally, I like it. Great. Job. So yeah, Ted. Ugh. Ted, wow. Oh, wow. I, lo- I love him. And like, I loved him last season, but this season... I love him even more. <laughs> exactly. It's... Or almost as much, if not the same. Like, it's it's almost impossible to follow up after season one, but Ted is so good in here. And when they yeah. get into the issues of mental health and his insecurities about oh, being a coach, so and uh, I just love the the way he... We don't see the entire pe- press conference at the very end, but I love how he just like, okay, now it's time to talk about how we discuss about mental health in the sports world. And it's like, mm. yes. Finally. This is extremely good. Like, let's get on top of this it's i love ted lasso so much i want him to be my uncle or my big brother like, yeah yeah i mean i just i mean we've seen part of the less jovial side of him in the first season obviously like in tears and struggling and snapping and all of that but here we just get it in in a very like unforeseen depth and i just there are so many scenes with him that I just loved where in the first season, it was mostly the funny parts that I thought about afterwards. But after in this season, it's mostly the really touching emotional moments. Uh, like when he, uh, you know, he finally reveals that, you know, the thing about his father committing suicide and what that means for him and like, you know, and how he struggles with it, or also uh, when he reads the letter, uh, the the letter from uh, from Sharon, as well. Like those are so, such good moments, and that just also makes me re- really appreciate uh, Jason Sudeikis's range too. Yeah, the scene with him and Sharon in the in the penultimate episode, I think, right, yeah. is when he reads the letter. That's so so touching. Honestly. Yeah. And his, the acting for that, when he just uh-huh. like process, you can see the processing on his face and it's like, uh, so effective. Honestly, yeah. I'm very, very, very impressed by that. And again, it's, something like showed not, uh, don't tell, right? They could have just have him read everything or like most of it until he just kind of stops doing it. But yeah. he very quickly stops it. And then you just see he's overcome by emotion and it just goes through all these different phases and it's great. And it's so subtle. Like the one thing he does kind of reference to what's written on there. She's like, he tells her, you spelled favorite wrong. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that's cute. Like, because you kind of know the context there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can actually like guess it. Uh, yeah. It's uh, yeah, I, I found Ted Lasso to be a lot less funny in this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But in a very, very good way, it gave breadth or it gave space for other characters to pick up the humor. I guess the whole show was less funny in this season, but it was just more about the individual characters and Ted Lasso sort of epitomizing that tonal shift is really the the center. I mean, he is the center of the show, but I found him more engaging in this season and his struggles, very, 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 very relatable. And, and I'm sure that's why, why some people didn't like this season. It's like the second album problem, right? Where yeah. you follow something up and it is like, of, like this, this is different and that's probably why people didn't like it. 
it's like, oh, this is way more serious. I didn't, I don't like this, blah, blah, blah. And it's, or, or even, even, even in, a, in the sense that, you know, the theory is that Ted Lasso is only that successful because of, you know, the circumstances regarding COVID and this show that is just about positivity all the time. And that's great, but that's also not what life is. It's missing the point also exactly. of this show. The show yeah. isn't all about positivity. Exactly. Like, yes, Ted Lasso is a very positive man or a very optimistic guy, but so much of this show is depressing. Like, yeah. honestly, and deals with very difficult topics, more so than a lot of television out there. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous to think of it or simplifying it or re- be super reductive enough to think of it as just like a a, sh- an, a happy show. Yeah. God. How and it's one of these things where uh, I'm going to go with a food analogy now. Do it. So I'm very nervous, but... It's like you have something sweet and something salty and you think those two things don't go together, but they actually do and they enhance each other. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And he is like... Ted Lasso. <laughs> I I can't think of a character that's... I mean, obviously Nate, but Nate is also a supporting character. But I can't think of a main character of a television show that has changed a protagonist of his character that is of a show that has added so much depth and has changed so much over such a period, so small period of time. Mm. And the end of the season is the most heartbreaking moment for him of the, no, I guess his wife left him, but other than his wife leaving him is like, is, is going to be another super, super big instigating thing for him to try and like overcome and work through in the next season. It's, it's very exciting. Yeah, honestly. I'm so excited about this next season, man. It's it's incredible. And again, that that is a, a hallmark of a great show where you yeah. just crave to watch more. You just want to watch more. Yeah. And I love really also out. a small note with Ted Lasso is that he like I mean he still has his like oh I'm a fish out of water jokes every once in a while, but oh. it's it's much more toned down in this episode. Yeah. And I really season. appreciate that. And yeah. also, in terms of the characters, you mentioned it briefly, but I really appreciate that. Sure, there are main characters and like side characters, but overall, I think it's more even this yeah. this season than it was the the first one. Yeah, and I I really like that. I think it's even, especially when you look at specific episodes along the yeah. arc of the entire show. Maybe not even because Ted is obviously the center of every episode, or not the mm. center, but he's part of almost every episode. Um, but every episode has like you know ted's going his through his thing and someone else is going through his thing basically. Yeah. and the a and the b plot is always happening simultaneously and yeah it is more even yeah so i really appreciated that and a lot of payoffs from season one and about also adding new things and i think again it just threads that line really well yeah Ooh, okay do you I, I it's i find it difficult now to talk about things without getting into top four territory no we, we will talk about things so i think next i want to talk about i think we can pair two care couples at this point yes um i think we should ta- start talking about roy and keely first and mm-hmm. then maybe we'll move on to sam and rebecca i love this dynamic so much i was so invested as well roy like and keely yeah Oh, the best couple on television I've seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah. So realistic. The episode when Keely just is 
unnerved because Roy is always as ever present. I was so invested because I, for a second, I thought that they would break up, and I was like, "No, don't do it." And then, then when Roy realizes, I was like, "Oh, thank God!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, just their dynamic and how that. I th- yeah, I think Keely. Keely has kind of is is less present in a way in this season than she was in the first one relatively speaking i would say yeah because she doesn't have a relationship with ted as much she's yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. But, but yeah that also goes to show like she's not just a free agent she is like she has a job like yeah. an actual job and she's like more involved with rebecca and higgins and roy obviously yeah and um yeah but roy's growth as a character is incredible in this season too and the way or the way that reflects in his many relationships but especially the one with keely is so cool and his one with jamie yeah, I think I think that's kind of the the like part it's kind of part of that relationship. Oh, obviously. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And as yeah, you mentioned the the episode where they're fighting is mm. just such a great depiction of how frustrating it can be to be around someone sometimes, but yeah. you still love them and the miscommunications that often do lead to breakups that just kind of are sad to see happen, but mm. in the case of this they were able to reconcile it and it yeah like it was very affecting and we're really like invested in this relationship as like they're just such a good good couple and especially because i don't know they just they match in a way that a lot of other couples just don't really make sense Mm. um, otherwise yeah it's like this thing where they they are similar in the ways that it matters and different in the ways that it matters and that's yeah. like the perfect mix again. And, and again, like I'm very invested. I'm very concerned about what happens in season three after what happens in the very last episode. Yeah, it's so sad to see. I really wonder. Not... I yeah. really wonder. And I found it. You know, I found really heartbreaking the scene mm. where Roy is confessing to the Diamond Dogs about yeah. seeing Keely yeah. like looking so powerful by herself, and like him not being in the picture is probably mm. better. And it's like the way that he is like. I mean, Brett Goldstein, are you kidding me? Like, y- you were a fucking writer? Like, you're a writer? You're not an actor mm. by trade? Are you kidding? Like, yeah. it's so good. And the range that he has, and the, you can see, feel him getting choked up as he talks about this photo shoot, but in the, the back of his mind, he's thinking about the entire relationship mm. and if she's better off without him. And it's it's a thought that we've almost always had about some significant other uh, about whether or not they'd actually be better off or we'd be a better off without them. And that train of thought is a very self-sabotaging one partially, but a completely understandable one and one that's going to have to be addressed moving forward. But their relationship is is just so emotionally charged and connected and especially especially for Roy because it's the catalyst for all of his change and yeah. for him becoming a better person and from him for him becoming a mentor and for him becoming like realizing his love of like the sport in and of itself and his entire sense of self is like wrapped up in this and i mean it is as well for Keely it's very important for her but I mean, she doesn't change nearly as much as Roy changes. I would say, um, just because yeah, exactly. I think maybe Roy's like only to Nate has the only second to Nate has the most change in the mm. season. But 
Yeah, he definitely takes uh, he definitely takes like responsibility and it just matures a lot. Yeah. Um but we you know I think also Keely's I think it's in in the last episode too where she is just worried to talk about Rebecca uh, to, to Rebecca about the opportunity to do her own thing. Yeah. And the the conversation she has with Higgins and then obviously with Rebecca. Those <laughs> so are funny. so good. I love that scene with Rebecca and yeah. Keely at the very end. Like, because the way they cut to it is so funny and so <laughs> emotional at the same time. It's it, it's just so great. So Keely walks in the room and is like, oh, Rebecca, can I speak to you for a second? And then they immediately cut to them crying. You know exactly yeah. what's happening. And then it's like, <laughs> And then it's just like, oh, that's so funny. And then like Rebecca's like, don't hire or your or hire your best friend. And then it's like, oh, that's so sad. And then it's uh, it's a really great emotional range to go through yeah. a roller coaster. Yeah, and I'm really curious where they go. And I'm I concerned. Love this show. Yeah. My prediction is that they don't stay together. I think yeah. they will go through some trouble and then... we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. Hold on. Don't jump the gun here. So yeah, before yeah. we get into that, we have to talk about Sam and Rebecca. Yeah. Oh man! I mean, we can talk about them individually, but we'll also talk about them together. Together. Yeah. I mean, I love the whole "will they, won't they" of it. The the entire like reveal thing of like, oh, it's actually. I, I think the show did it so well. Like that Sam finds out, or like we we know it's Sam, and like then we'll have them find out together. Yeah, uh, and just how they grapple with it. Or especially Rebecca, I would say. And then Sam at the end. And the, the like, <laughs> the monologue. And then <laughs> obviously Ted, I think he, he was talking to you. <laughs> and yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, That was really good. Um, so there's a couple things in these this relationship that I find great. And some one thing that I actually think would have been a lot better. I love the build up to it. Yeah. Because at the very beginning, you're made to think it's Ted. Yeah, and then absolutely. it kind of gets flipped on its head when you finally realize it's Sam before they know. And then on the restaurant, I think that's a great scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish they grappled with it for maybe at least a full episode after that, because yeah. it was in that same episode that they actually slept together. So I'm just like, I wish that th- they dragged it out a little bit longer before they actually consummated their relationship. I think it would have allowed for more tension growth between the two characters and but everything subsequent to that, I find extremely gripping. I find I love the cl- conversation they have in the closet about her wanting to like kind of find herself. Yeah. It's a very kind of like a self. It's a very confident thing to say. I'm only going to get more wonderful, but you know that's you, Sam. You oh man, you. I love him so much. He's so yes, good. Sam is great. I I think like yeah, it's 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 a. Uh, it's a great relationship. I don't think obviously it'll continue. Um, yeah. I, I can't see it continuing. Honestly, I could see it leaking to the press next season. Something yeah, of yeah, that nature. Sure. Oh, don't get ahead of yourself, Rashad. We're going oh, to yeah, talk about thanks, that later. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but honestly, I don't think either of these characters change. I mean, Sam has a lot of screen time in this season, mm-hmm. but he doesn't change too much. He's no. like, he's a nice guy. That's his that's his character. <laughs> like that's his defining characteristic. And he grapples with this whether will he won't he go to Casablanca or whatever. And in the end he doesn't end up going. But it's 
neither of them have like robust character arcs for this season. I mean, Rebecca had her arc last season, right? She had her like I'm going come to Jesus moment, I guess they would call it in the last season. But yeah, I, but I also like, about their relationship just for a second. Yeah. I like that this is you know, and like a one of the rare depictions of an older woman and a younger man. Yeah, it's good. Which it's, is, you know, kind of like subverting the usual thing that we see with Rupert and yeah. Bex, uh, you know, older man, younger woman. And so I really appreciated seeing this here. That's why I doubly appreciated also that it wasn't Ted, but Sam. Yeah, the one thing that I find a little bit like from like a perspective, like from a, like a football perspective, like that's a bigger controversy than they're actually like making it out. To oh me. yeah, <laughs> that's that would like be, whoa. Yeah, you know, so like that's the only thing. That's what I meant about them. The reason for them to grapple with it a little bit more to make the stakes a little bit higher because it didn't seem to be too big of a deal. Yeah, they're keeping it hush hush. Yeah, she confessed it to Ted, and Ted was like, "Whoa, shit." But yeah. like it's, it's you know it, it it's like a bigger deal than that, and I think more people someone has to point it out to them. Yeah, for and sure. I think that's one of the problems with their their thing. But other than that, you know, I'm good. You do got you guys do you, and of course you mentioned it's good to get like this inverse of a traditional um, old man young woman arc for sure. Because like go Rebecca, like, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, so I don't like, is there any specific character? I mean, we can talk about so many other characters. We could talk yeah. about um, Danny Rojas's arc, Jamie Tart. Obviously, we could talk about, I mean, I have to, we have to mention Jamie Tart's father scene. I think that oh, was yeah. like one of the highlights of the entire season for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself, but uh, the scene where he punches his father and Roy goes to hug him. It's oh, such a beautiful scene, obviously. Uh, one of oh the highlights of the show yeah yeah for sure one thing i have to say before we continue we have to talk about beard oh yeah i think beard from your season one ranking was your favorite character is that mm-hmm. correct yes yeah? um so i'll let you like talk about his relationship with jane with his own like journey i guess episode, this is a good place to talk about episode nine um give me your beard thoughts yeah, I was kind of sad to see that he got like less screen time. If you disregard episode nine, that's basically all about him. Um, I love though that he is just, he's like so on his toes. Like he immediately, like he keeps in check on Nate throughout this se- season. Um, he, you know, a lot of what you mentioned, like a lot of it is between Nate and Beard and not necessarily gets th- gets to Ted. Um. I love his like whole relationship with um like the team whenever like Ted isn't there that was really funny like when they're doing like that dance choreo or like uh when he's talking to Jamie and stuff like that and yeah I, I don't know I, I and of course Jane's whole thing like that was something that we already saw last season which which is like kind of a tenuous relationship but that kind of makes for more passion in a way. And I especially liked, I forget which, I think it was one of the earlier episodes where Higgins is grappling with the fact that he wants to talk, he wants to tell uh, Beard that he thinks 
Jane is not good for him. And then everybody else is like, no, don't do that. And then he does. And then Beard kind of respects that. And uh, I think that was great. But I kind of want, because you've been talking about this, uh, you know, episode nine, Beard After Hours for so much, I want to I want to give you the opportunity to like just go into it. Sure. I mean, I found that episode in particular really interesting. It doesn't have much consequences in the larger story, obviously, because it, Mm. I mean, they break up. I mean, his and Jane's relationship, you take that episode out, it's whatever. I mean, like it still goes on and off. It's not like it has a consequence, but I found it just a gripping ride. Like you go from scene to scene. He goes from like people. I love like the little, like the little uh, scene where he's pretending to be an Oxford professor. I just found that hilarious. That was so good. Just like knows all this information. I loved like the, uh, the, the woman in red, I guess. I don't know. I forgot her name. I'm so sorry. But the, when they go back to her apartment and then she changes his pants and like, and then there's like the twist at the very end where this guy is like, gonna kick his ass and then the other twist at the very end where he's just actually a nice guy trying to return his wallet yeah and he like goes off in like a like a lime scooter kind of thing mm. and it's just like the episode has like turn after turn after turn which i just like found very exciting and kind of on your toes the whole time it, and it's super ridiculous obviously it's crazy and it always it culminates at the very end of the dance scene where they're just like dancing out crazy and i love how beard just like lets loose you can tell mm-hmm. all of this tension inside of him is like he doesn't want to end the night going back all the way to May's bar. He doesn't want to end the night because he doesn't want to go home and reconcile with everything that's happening. And it's mm-hmm. not really about the Manchester City loss. It's it was Man City, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not about that loss. It is about the loss, but also about his relationship with Jane, the struggles he's having with his love life, like the anxiety that he's building up inside of him. And he doesn't verbalize it because he is the character who is the rock for everyone else uh-huh. and notably for ted so he doesn't want to end the night he doesn't want to reconcile with these things so he goes after adventure after adventure and adventure trying to kind of live with this experience and live with all of this and to deflect by doing things right and it's at really at the very end in the club scene where he's just starts to really really just let loose slowly slowly realizing where he is kind of walks down i think it's the basement of a church and then just as soon as the music blasts he just like just like arms flailing like everything is just like carefree in the world and jane shows up and it's like this great little experience i i just like i love this episode i found it a great kind of side episode to the major arcs and if you're going to give me episodes that in the grand scheme of things have no consequential actions or consequences to the larger story. Give me something that is gripping. Give me something that is like visually beautiful actually, and has different paces, different scenes, and is like a really nice, like homage to something else. And it's great. Like this episode is phenomenal. I love it. And Beard is again, still the rock for everyone else. The smartest person in the room every time he is. And he just reconciles to that and reads, knows that. And the fact that he was able to immediately distinguish that it was Nate who was the leak mm-hmm. is just like a, a testament to him as a character and him also like, also let, let's like, let's say like, let's, we always forget to say that Beard's loyalty and the fact that he flew across the pond with Ted to coach this team is insane and he's like the yeah he's just the best i love beard so much i think i like him more after the season even though he has less screen time mm. um, yeah and i mean 
he truly loves the game and it doesn't matter which kind of football it is yes he just really gets into this and i think what i particularly enjoyed about episode nine is that you know it's kind of it won't really have consequences and that's what makes it all the more unpredictable so you really don't know what's coming next and like you i really enjoyed the uh lady in red part yeah and the you know all the twists and turns of that the way they play with uh, the sexual tension at first and then it just oh like this is something completely different and that's interesting or is it and then you know all of these things and then he just like comes across all of these people in the unlikeliest of settings and i love that so much it was very enjoyable yeah i I really like the episode and i I like beard as a character so Mm. it's great nice (sighs) so speaking of episodes we liked is that a good transition or what I mean, you just ruined it by saying, is that a good transition? <laughs> I know. I'm just hoping that you're going to cut that out, but you probably won't. Nope. So if I'm are. quiet, assume it's a good transition. Damn it. Yeah, because otherwise you'll just ruin it. That's exactly. why I kept talking. <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, we're going to do a top four. I'm not going to have any honorable mentions because, honestly, there are like four honorable mentions and I'm not going to do that. So What? <laughs> so I know, I know. Don't even. I mean, I, all 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 of the other eight episodes are probably honorable mention worthy, but yeah. Let's. What's your number four? Uh, you start. <laughs> sure. Um, my so I'm just gonna explain that whenever I was, I couldn't decide between episodes. I went with the earlier one first, just because it's kind of unfair to have the ones that pay off stuff. Mm, um you know that's why the last episode is my number four inversion oh interesting okay pyramid of success just a lot of things happen obviously yeah Mm, from the reactions to the article about ted's panic attack and like the support by everyone basically that Mm -hmm. that is like close in his circle um we talked about the keely and royce stuff already we have obviously sam's decision and hilariously uh, Edwin Okufu's reaction to that, which <laughs> just goes to show he made the right decision. Yeah. Um, you have uh, obviously the uh, payoff of the uh, of Danny's uh, journey with the penalty. You have the the bigger picture thing with um, the promotion of AFC Richmond, and obviously uh, Ted and Nate, and. Uh, just the the great setup for next season with Roy and Keeley and uh, Nate particularly. I just really enjoyed all of it, uh, but I f- thought that that w- it would be unfair to rank it any higher. But oh, it, interesting! It's just a lot of things that I really liked. Yeah, I I think my number four is I mean, yeah, I didn't have that same thing that you had, but my number four is episode ten. No wed- mm-hmm. no weddings in a funeral. Um, I, I I just like laughing so hard about Rick rolling literally everybody, <laughs> yeah. every single audience. And that I'm was just so like, good. It's just, I, I really like that. I love having Sassy back. I think she's a really mm. cool character. Um, I, I love Danny's like resistance to dress shoes. Oh, just like, so it, hilarious. It's such a funny thing. And it's heartwarming as well. And also Ted and his like relationship with Sharon also like really hits mm. a, hits a high in that episode. So, so good that that is my number four 
Yeah, I uh, I really like that one too. Okay, my number three is episode eight, Man City. Nice. Because you get uh, Sharon's accident and, you know, her bonding with Ted. Yeah. Uh, you have, uh, you know, obviously the reveal that Rebecca and Sam are each other's banter matches and they have the date and everything. And, um, you know, Roy, Roy <laughs> realizing his swearing has kind of an adverse effect on Phoebe. That was so funny. Which was like a funny side thing. We haven't really talked about Roy's like flirting with the teacher, which might come back in season three, but we'll get to that probably later. Yeah. And also, obviously, you mentioned it previously, Jamie punching his father and Roy, you know, hugging him afterwards. Yeah. Um, Just a really touching scene. And so all of these things together uh, make it run number three. Yeah, that sounds so good. Um, my number three is Headspace episode mm, seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we we talked about like that argument between Keely and Roy and just them spending way too much time together and their their relationship is just so heartfelt and warm and it's just like that really that episode that part of the episode brings it up to a top for yeah. me. Um, but I just like love that episode in general. So yeah. Yes, please. Uh, more of that i agree i think that that episode would be my number five if i wrote it down got it so um yeah my number two is actually episode 10 you mentioned previously yeah Yeah. um yeah obviously we have ted opening up about his father's suicide um and all of the things you already mentioned i love especially when keely just guesses that rebecca has a relationship with sam that was hilarious and then the the like a vicar or whatever just coming can you be quiet (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was hilarious um and yeah jamie obviously admitting to keely that he still loves her and rupert showing up mm. at the funeral that whole thing um and yeah all of the like the relationship between all of the women in this episode i thought was just the best thing about it um yeah and yeah i really i really liked it yeah now we're getting into a very tough decision for me honestly Uh because there's like so many like good episodes you just don't want to leave any of them off yeah right eight honorable mentions and four top four (laughs) exactly honestly so but i have to say i think my number two is man city Mm -hmm. is i yeah for everything that you mentioned the scene between jamie and his father is just like something i will never forget honestly um you get more of the so tensions for nate's issues as well like you have obviously Ted and his and Sharon's accident. You, like we we you talked about it. Man City's episode eight's a great episode, so yeah. that's my number two. Cool. <laughs> I think we might be wildly different with our number one. <laughs> I don't. I just love this episode so much. It just it just caught me totally off guard. And it's actually episode four, Carol of the Bells, the Christmas nice. episode. I just loved it so much. The whole subplot of um, Keely and Roy, like their quest to find a dentist for Phoebe. So uh, funny. It was hilarious. And then the, with the boy as well. And yeah. how like... You poop your pants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like girls and boy interacting, like how yeah. they interact. But then obviously we get um, Rebecca, who is uh, aware that, you know, it's Ted's first Christmas alone and she doesn't want him to be alone. So they go on on their whole thing with like helping families in need. Um, and yeah, I, I also really, really loved the um, Higgins's suddenly very popular Christmas dinner with the players <laughs> and like 
all of them together just like sharing i really i mean i don't have to tell you that i really love communal like food and yeah. like like dinner or whatever um and i don't know things like the nerf gun fight was that was hilarious too and just all of these things and at the end it's like very like it's very sappy but i loved it it just hit me right in the in the right place so that's why it's my number one yeah and my number one is just the season finale yeah i found it just gripping and unforgettable so we've talked about it so much yeah yeah nice Okay, which one? Which other one do you want to do first? Moments or characters? Um. Uh, yeah, let's just do moments first, and then we'll like talk about characters after that. Mm-hmm. I I had a hard time with this one. You yeah. go first this time, but I had a hard. T- I have like, I had like my top three moments, and then yeah. I have like ten things. Oh, interesting. And I'm going to talk all about all of them. Yeah, so my it's really tough, honestly. Yeah. So I would say hmm, my number four is Nate and Ted's fight scene. Mm-hmm. So the, the basically the end of episode twelve. So yeah. that's you know just so effective and just oh, so good. So yeah, that's my number four. Yeah, my number four is uh, Keely being scared to tell Rebecca about leaving. And like the the conversation she has with Higgins as well, I just really yeah. like that because it just. First of all, you know, obviously Higgins, I love Higgins. He's so wise, and still often overlooked, uh, and also kind of played off as a joke character sometimes. But he is just such a great character. I love him so much, and yeah. obviously the re- relationship between Keely and Rebecca and all of this, and Keely kind of growing into herself although she's always doubted her her self-worth and all of that and that just goes to show like how much she's grown and where she's at and yeah i love it this, this is, uh, so much my number three is ted reading the letter mm-hmm. confronting sharon yeah. and just because it's done with almost no dialogue obviously there's dialogue between the two but when he reads that letter, it's just so beautifully just conveyed by showing and not telling. And so that's definitely my number three. We've talked about a lot of these moments already. So it's at least especially for me. But My number three is I, I just alluded to it. Um, the women's discussion at the funeral, especially when Keely guesses right away that like Rebecca slept with Sam. Yeah. And But especially also Rebecca's conversation with her mother, like just before they do the eulogy or rather Rebecca you know sings <laughs> um i i really like that because that's like a turn you just don't see coming at all yeah and i love that so much because that's what you know even even long-standing relationships and maybe especially family re- relationships you just don't know stuff especially if it's intergenerational mm-hmm. so that's why it was like it was super funny but also really touching yeah oh, so well done my number two is Jamie punching his father. Same. <laughs> <laughs> what a great scene. And the hug that Roy gives after. Oh, man. Um, just so touching. I can't, you know, yeah. again, an unforgettable moment. Yeah. It is. It's incredible because it has like three amazing things about it. First, you have the buildup of his father just like insulting Jamie and making fun of him and like everyone in the room, basically. 
And then you have the release of Jamie punching him and, you know, Beard kind of like ushers him out. And then obviously Roy's hug. And that's just so gripping. And I was like, oh man, I was welling up for sure. Yeah. Because it is like this toxic masculinity bullshit of like, you have all of this childhood trauma and you just push it away. Yeah. And you, you know, it, that is also like a bigger point of when people finally face their abusers and yeah it was just very resounding for me it's a great scene and i guess it's, that's why it's our our, our number two for the both of us. so yeah my number one is probably something that's not on your list but no. it's a very small moment but it's the moment i probably laughed the hardest at <laughs> in this episode i have rewatched it literally okay so there are very few things that i actually laugh out loud when mm. i'm watching tv it's just very much oh that's a good joke oh that's funny that's funny yeah. This one, I literally laughed out loud, had to pause the episode and just like laugh for like a good 30 seconds and then replay it. And I laughed out loud again and had to pause it again and had to rewatch it for the third time just to get through the freaking scene the first time I watched this episode. And God, this is such a small little thing, but this is the scene where um, Phoebe has her bad breath Mm -hmm. and... Roy basically she tells them that a boy was mean to her (laughs) just thinking about it Roy just like sitting up in his angry face being like who the fuck is this yeah I'm gonna kill this motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) just just like oh just like that one little scene of Roy like getting angry and just like leaning forward because it's literally the only person that matters like means to him yeah it means anything to him in the entire world is Phoebe just like so cute I I just like it's a it's a moment that it's not the most heart-wrenching moment or the heart like I don't know it's not the deepest moment in the episode in the the whole season but for me it's the absolute absolute peak Mm -hmm. of like what I found funny in this season cool okay before I talk about my number one I just want to go through like 10 honorable mentions Oh God! All right, just so very I'm quickly. gonna just, like go just to the bathroom. Quickly. Okay, no, yeah, it takes fine. like thirty seconds. Okay. Um, so obviously the Nate and Ted thing you mentioned um, this is amazing. We've talked about it. Um, Roy telling the Diamond Dogs he feels insecure. Uh, the funniest part about that is he talks like the it hurt my, and then he says feeling, not feelings, and that's yeah. just <laughs> so that that detail just that was why that was a laugh out moment, laugh out loud moment for me. Um, we have uh, two Trent Crim things. One when he warns Ted about the upcoming article and like doxes Nate as the source, which you know, come on, journalistic integrity. But also, I I respect that. And, you know, and he did get fired for it. Yeah, and like he tell he told everyone, and that's why he got fired. But also, when they meet after the last match, that was great. Like Trent Crim, t- uh, now I'm just Trent uh, Trent Crim independent. And yeah. then, like, what I loved especially, like, he could have had such a such a smooth and cool, like, exit, but they linger on him and he actually can't open his car. That was fu- funny. Higginson's, the Higginson's Christmas dinner, I already talked about that. Um, when Jamie, in a very mo- mature way, confesses to Roy that he told Keely he still loves her and, like, he apologizes and then Roy's reaction. <laughs> that was uh, great. The black tape protest of, of Dubai Air by yeah, Sam Isaac and others. One. I really love that because it's obviously very, very contemporary. Um, and it also, like, as a f- like functionally, it helps mend things between Sam and Jamie. 
Yeah. Um, we have Isaac giving Sam a haircut. That was a great scene. Um, the whole Higgins and Beard thing about Jane, uh, Ted reading Sharon's letter and like a cameo thing where uh, that is in episode nine where Gary Lineker and Thierry Henry just lay into coach beard on the TV. <laughs> I did not see that coming. And that's like, I think the funniest cameo so far. Also the fact that they got them to do that. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's so funny to me, but my number one is Tad having a breakdown and revealing his father killed himself. You know, yeah. that's just, I did go mostly for, for like emotionally very much impacting scene. And that one, just the way Ted talks about it and what it did to him and what he regrets about things. And, that just yeah I, I love it so much yeah the only reason i think maybe i didn't put it on is because i already had another ted sharon one yeah that's why i didn't put the letter in there yeah yeah uh, <laughs> it's oh, that's such a crazy moment yeah it's so it's, good yeah i fucking love ted lasso <laughs> Uh, what are you guys doing if you haven't watched it and why are you listening if you're still listening (laughs) if you have not watched the second season of Ted Lasso yeah for real all right (sighs) next on to characters um the official top four characters of Ted Lasso yeah it's it's I think I'm just gonna switch stuff around a little bit right now oh wow Um, oh wow live switching of the top four is that not allowed Chris does that mean I have to go first? Or are you gonna go first? No, I'm gonna go first. I I'm I know what my top four is. Oh, okay. Um, so my number four is Sam. Um, nice. I'm just really happy that he gets more screen time. Uh, you know, and he is he also is more important in the in the team overall. His relationship to everyone, basically, but like especially to Rebecca and his father, I thought was great. Like I really liked every conversation he had with his father and the whole being torn between, you know, his family and like living somewhere else. Um, the offer by Edwin Okufu was really interesting. All the, his interactions with him, I thought were really great. Um, yeah. And I, I just, I just, you know, he doesn't have like that much character growth, as you said, like he doesn't really change that much, but he kind of does grow more into himself as he says in, in, in the end. Yeah. And I, I loved him in season one and I was just so happy that he got more screen time and the things that were there too. Can't fault you there. My number four is beard. Nice. I mean, we talked about beard enough today, so he's the fucking best. So we can move on. <laughs> cool. Um, my number three is Rebecca. I mean, we've also talked about her um a lot you know we just i think she's maybe in terms of screen time one of the most like stable characters this Um, season yeah yeah and we see a lot of her struggles and strengths in more of a like in more depth um her emotional intelligence her relationship with like sam with her mother with ted and keely and higgins and rebecca and nora uh not rebecca uh what's her best friend's name sassy sassy yeah uh, sassy and nora uh, i loved nora nora is not in my top four but i loved nora I, if she had more screen time she'd be in my top four yeah yeah uh, she was amazing she was like the i was she was like the secret star of the of the of the ep- not not so secret star of that episode 
but also for the, I think uh, more so like she was such a breath of fresh air in episode yeah. three I think when she first shows up and yeah and I was really glad to see her again in episode 10 yeah uh so yeah I was really happy for that as well and obviously how the the two of them like interacted and especially funny of course the uh the email translation and writing like, yeah here the dear fuckface yeah. or whatever <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I liked her a lot. And um, yeah, she's my number three. Yeah, my number is, I, I hate this list that I have, but I just can't do anything about it. My number three is Nate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Nate's, Nate's fucking Nate. There's so much yeah. about him. So many things have happened. He's just such a great character. Development has changed. Like we've talked about Nate a lot. Just move on. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number two is Roy. We've also talked a lot about him. Um, you know, he's had a lot of uh, character character development, a lot of maturing. Um, and yeah, I just want to point out again, like his relationship with Jamie is super interesting, and uh, I think they ended in a really good place here. So that's going to be great. And I'm going to be really curious what what's going to happen in the next season, not just with Keely, obviously, but also now that Nate is gone, uh, he will probably be more prominent in the in the coaching staff. So that's going to be fun. That's it. Cool. Um, my number two, that's where we're at now? Yeah. Yes, is also Roy. Nice. Yeah. Roy's the fucking bomb. Yeah, and I, I assume we both have Ted as our number one. Ted Lasso, <laughs> number one. Yeah. Obviously. So good. He was so only my number four last season, but, but with like the more strong, I feel like I just like the, the more grounded version of him. Yeah. I mean, he was my number one last season, and yeah. how can he not still be my number one? He yeah, got, got after this one, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of a shame. Like, I didn't put Nate in here in the top four, but yeah. I think it's just about, I think it's one of these things like I intellectually appreciate nate and his yeah. his journey but just in terms of likable characters like that's kind of the where how i took it like, oh i see yeah for me they're they're intertwined yeah for me usually too but like uh, i don't know I, when i made that list yeah uh yeah it, it wasn't that's uh, good yeah also sharon shout out to sharon sharon was yeah cool. sharon was like yeah sharon's amazing i had trouble yeah. not putting her in honestly yeah too me too yeah she she was great but it, i i liked that she was you know she was there and then she wasn't and i thought that that was a really good decision yeah i wonder if she'll come back next season yeah who knows i guess on that note what do you think is going to happen next season <sighs> i didn't think at all about this so far but yeah again so i think keely and roy are going to struggle and it's going to be a will they won't they in the terms of like stay together or break up and i think in the end they will not stay together yeah um i i don't think keely is going to go like get back with jamie or anything but i just don't think i think that would be an interesting way to end it for the two of them where they've both grown and they were really good for each other but you know they don't uh, they don't end up together um I think I feel like Jamie is going to be more important next season than he was in this one. Um but I don't know exactly where that like will leave leave him sort of thing. Ted and Nate's going to be interesting obviously. Um and the easy way to do is you know Ted, they kind of 
that they confront each other and kind of sort things out. Mm, but probably in a very like, and I, and I think that that will happen. I don't think it's going to be a thing where, you know, Nate is the big baddie. If anything, it would be an interesting inversion if, you know, Ted really struggles with how he treated Nate. And that just makes him really insecure and maybe um, distrust himself and his like coaching style. That would be an interesting thing to go through. Um, yeah, I wonder what what Rebecca will happen with Rebecca specifically. That like what what's going to be her big thing next season? But I have no idea. Could be like some Rupert thing, some Sam thing, or something completely different. That's very thorough but not specific so i think so there was a line in the finale where they said there's still a club without a major trophy i think they win a major trophy this season i don't think they win the prem i think they maybe like like a cup win the fa cup or something like that Uh, it'll be a big deal for the club and then in the final they maybe play west ham or maybe not or maybe halfway through the season nate has his redemption arc and comes back Mm -hmm. i think at the end of season three ted lasso goes back to america with his son and nate comes back to coach AFC Richmond or mm-hmm. Roy takes up the mantle there or coach. I mean, there, I, if I had to guess, I'd probably say Nate comes back just mm-hmm. as a, as a thing. Um, Sam and Rebecca aren't a thing. Um, Keely and Roy, I do think they stick them together. Um, I probably. think that, I mean, just like for fan service at the very least, exactly. I, think that, I don't think they'll break them up. Um, especially if they already break up Sam and Rebecca. Uh, I would imagine that obviously they'll have to lose someone, like one of the players. Like if I had to guess, I think it might be Danny. Like I think it might be Danny that they'll lose. Like mm. it's it's Jamie is like the clear like oh he'll go for a better thing, but I think Jamie's like loyal now yeah. in like a, in a way that like only like a like someone who's was broken can be mm. like once you fix them. Um. Yeah, so those are some of my predictions. I don't have yeah. any specific ones, um, like other than those. But those are some like pretty like. So Rich AFC Richmond wins the FA Cup. Nate comes back to coach uh, West Ham uh, AFC Richmond from West Ham. And I think the one thing that is clear, I think Ted Lasso at the end of the season will go back to America, and that'll be yeah. the season finale. Yeah, that like, that w- that would be a great way to close this. Exactly. No matter what happens, like he has to go. He'll go back, and that'll yeah. be amazing. Exactly. And we we will all be able to understand why, yeah, right? We already understand why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, like, I, I I don't know how I didn't talk about this, but I also really like the whole thing with Isaac because you were just talking about other yes. players. Yes. Like, the whole thing with, the, like, Isaac needs to, like, find his joy again. Yeah. That was great. Uh, I really enjoyed Jan Maas, too. Like, the, the very yeah. blunt so Dutch funny. guy. That was <laughs> so funny. I'm just very excited for season three. Is yeah. what I'm saying, and I'm also like super happy that it's just gonna. I know going into it, knowing it's gonna be the final season, I love that. Yeah, I mean, maybe there will be a spin-off of it at some point, but I don't think so. No, I don't no. think. I think it's going to be one of these Hamilton effects, where this has been great, but very like contained and. All of these people are going to be in our focus now and they're going to go do other amazing things and we're going to love it. Yeah. So excited. 
Oh, yeah. Wow. Here we are. We have to wait another year for this show. This is the worst part of television. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there already a, like a date where it comes out? Next no? summer. Next summer. Okay. They haven't like, uh, like confirmed a specific date, but I will confirm that from now they are planning to make it 12 episodes and they mm -hmm. will all be integrated into the story arc. Cool. Yeah, so that good. is the idea. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I guess I will have to renew my Apple Plus. Apple or just what? buy another Apple product. <laughs> no, no, that's not. I don't think that's a smart thing to do. Does <laughs> it come of, with everything or just like iPhones and uh, computers? No, I think it has to be a certain uh, price yeah, range. Like I buy an adapter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> easy, easy. You have to do that with Apple all the time anyway. So Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll have to pay for Apple. Uh, I'll probably cancel it and then start again as soon as the season's about to same, start. Same, same. Just <laughs> as everyone else. Oh man! At least yeah. they have one hit. Oh, Maybe. are you? Um, uh, speaking of random news, before we leave, okay. Um, do you have Amazon Prime slash Will you get it for the Lord of the Rings series? When does it come out? I think next year. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that it's in the works. Yeah. I don't have Amazon Prime because I don't have Amazon. I know. Oh, Shocking. true. Yeah, yeah. True, true. yeah, it's definitely next year. Yeah, September okay. 2nd, next year. Cool. I don't know anything about it. Um, I'm really, really curious. I will definitely watch it, yeah. either with my own account or with someone else's. <laughs> uh, so... Oh, that could man. be something for us to discuss. As yeah, I know. I was, I was just going <laughs> to... Season say. three, Lord of the Rings? Oh, man. That would be amazing. Oh, we haven't announced season two, so no. stay tuned, guys, for our announcement about season two of Serially Hooked. It's going to come very soon. It's going to be a good ending point. Damn it. Yes, but we have to say ah, the whole fuck. thing. Shit. Damn it. <sighs> okay. So if you want to listen to the second season of Serially Hooked or even the first season or any part of Serially Hooked, what should you do, Chris? I mean, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, definitely and while you're the at show. it. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to get to that. Don't don't just <laughs> fucking... I had it. I had it, man. Jesus. Yeah, and while you're at it, just like rate us five stars so that other people can find the show. Cool. And then if you want to contact us for anything, what should you do in that case? You should go to seriallyhook.com where you can find all of our contact information, whether that's Twitter or email or just the form on our website and yeah get in touch if you have uh feedback or if you want to suggest a future topic uh we're all ears for that damn straight see you next time <laughs> sure <laughs>